Hey, Mike, you know what's on the word salad today? Salad. Bitcoin ETFs. <laughs> hey, it's Financial Jeez. Life Planning. I'm Matt Robeson with Mike Morton, my co-host, my expert, who's about to explain to all of us what that word salad means. Is it full of cherry tomatoes? Is it full of something that's good for me financially? I, Mike, how are you? And wait, you want to talk about Bitcoin ETFs? I understand maybe some of the syllables in that. <laughs> yeah, a few of the letters. <laughs> word salad. Where do you come up with word salad? <laughs> It's a word salad. There's dressing on it. It's um, That's the problem with dressing. Isn't salad dressing basically what you put on to make sure that food that would otherwise seem rancid seems less rancid? That's right. Like, it actually right. has some taste to it, some flavor. I mean, it's sort of fraud. Right. I hate to tell the Paul Newman people, but like salad dressing is fraud, right? No, salad dressing is the part of the salad that you need. It, dress, it dresses the salad. Otherwise, I mean, what do you have? Just a bunch of raw vegetables. Well, that's the point is, if you have to put an entire thing, I know all the cooks out there are like, saucing is important, but like, should the underlying food taste good? I mean, that's why we have a whole food industry, Matt. How are you going to make iceberg lettuce taste good? I'm actually going somewhere. Well, you're not, although it does remind me of that awesome SNL skit from like 20 years ago where they decided to sell a new product. They called it Shredders, and it was just iceberg lettuce shredded in a bag, and you're just like <laughs> stuffing it in your mouth because it's like do enough advertising behind something. It can seem cool and trendy, and it can be a meme, which is basically how I feel about Bitcoin. This is how I feel about crypto, right? Like the, when we last left our heroes on crypto, I was pretty sure that what happened was Matt Damon endorsed it. That caused it to immediately crash. Sorry, Damon fans. And uh, also Sam Bankman-Fried went to prison. Michael Lewis did an awesome podcast about it. And everyone was pretty convinced that it was a scam. Um, But you, a responsible, knowledgeable financial planner who has only recently talked in jest about money laundering, Bitcoin ETFs is a thing? Like, are you putting salad dressing on a scam? Is that what you're doing here? Uh, have you been Have you been hiding under a rock, Matt? Come on. Bitcoin ETFs have been in the headlines for the last few weeks. What headlines do you read? <laughs> the headlines. What journals do you read? <laughs> <laughs> I know. First of all, the expression hiding under a rock is stupid. Like, a rock is the worst thing to hide under. Like, if you're playing hide-and-seek, don't hide under a rock. Bits of you are going to yeah. stick out unless you have an unusually pliable rock. But, okay, this is actually a thing you're a, saying. A really big rock. <laughs> really, really big rock, which will then, which will murder you. <laughs> yes. Right. All right, let's Bitcoin talk about ETFs, this. Bitcoin ETFs, this is a thing. This is a real this thing. Is a, this is an actual real thing. You know, this is great, Matt. I'm glad we're doing this episode so I can inform you what is going on in the world. So there are things called Bitcoins and there are things called ETFs and we've mashed them together. So now we have Bitcoin ETFs. So let's walk through. What are these things? All right, let's unpack this. Yeah, let's unpack oh, this. Oh, my okay. favorite podcast expression. Let's unpack this. <laughs> let's unpack this. All right. Uh, by which this is my euphemism for explaining this to me like I'm a two-year-old. So Bitcoin in all seriousness, I think I understand it is a cryptocurrency. It's the most well-known cryptocurrency. Any update to that since my last understanding? Is that pretty much it? 
No, that's it, man. Yeah, the cryptocurrencies, there's these digital coins, they live on the internet. They're very safe and secure from that standpoint. They're, that's where the crypto comes from, which is pretty cool that you have these public-private keys. They're very safe and secure from one standpoint, from a cryptography standpoint. You can't easily replicate them or fake them. So that's what the cryptocurrencies are. Bitcoin is the most infamous, famous, and has certainly been volatile over its lifespan so far and is reaching new highs. But that's what cryptocurrencies are. And Bitcoin, is the most famous and no real updates since your understanding of three years ago, Matt. By the way, fun <laughs> sidebar, there's some great reporting out there about how people seemed to believe that, oh, it's on the internet. And the word crypto, which means secret, I guess, is involved. That means I can do all my secret stuff using cryptocurrencies. Turns out that the whole point of cryptocurrencies is that there is an unbreakable digital ledger that you cannot fudge. And so actually, it's the worst way to do illegal <laughs> transactions because you can actually like trace this stuff back. But anyway, sidebar. Okay. Bitcoins. I get that part. ETFs. We've done episodes about this. Actually, a really interesting one where you explain the difference between ETFs, mutual funds. It's a wrapper. Maybe you could just briefly retread that for us. Yeah, exactly. These are wrappers around investments. What that means is you go onto Fidelity or Vanguard or Schwab, and with one button, you can buy the whole S&P 500, right? So you can invest just a thousand bucks and buy all 500 companies. You can do that in a mutual fund and version, and you click that button, and it's got some ticker symbol. <clears throat> and mutual funds trade once. A day. They have all certain aspects to them, all right? They trade once a day. All right, so you're settled, it's called settling at the end of the day. So your $1,000 gets invested once a day. And there's other nitty gritty details about the mutual funds. They've been around for 80 years or more. ETFs, another version, you can click a button and buy the S&P 500 in the ETF version. These trade during the day. So all day you could see it go up and down, your trade executes immediately. And there's other benefits of the ETFs. They've been around for 20 or 30 or 40 years, so quite a while, but gained popularity recently. The biggest thing you wanna know from this, I recommend using ETFs in basically all cases because they're more tax efficient and they tend to be pretty low cost, very low cost as well. So no, no reason to get into the details of mutual funds versus ETFs. You can check that episode if you're interested. Takeaway use the ETF versions in almost all cases. All right, so here's the part where you got to explain to me, finally, then what is a Bitcoin ETF? <laughs> Bitcoin ETF. So now we know Bitcoins are digital currency. You can click and buy them online. And ETFs are a wrapper around assets. You can buy all 500 companies. So that's what it is. It's an ETF version, a wrapper around holding Bitcoin. So before, a few days ago, we're recording this middle of January, there was no way to own Bitcoin other than go to Coinbase or one of these other exchanges. I won't mention Sam Bankman-Fried's exchange, but you have to go to an exchange Put in your money there, so transfer your thousand bucks from your checking account into that online place, then place a trade to buy the Bitcoin. Then you have it in a wallet. You can keep that wallet online. You can do it offline. So there's all these technical steps, how you would actually own a thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Now you can go to Schwab or Fidelity or other brokerage places. And with a single trade, like you buy the S&P 500, you can click the button to buy an ETF that holds the Bitcoin. All right, so you buy $1,000 of an ETF and you own $1,000 of Bitcoin. Interesting. So I'm trying to decide, what, ultimately, I'm trying to decide whether this is good or not. We'll get to that in a little bit. But 
So I don't have to muck around if I'm curious about investing some money in crypto. I don't have to muck around with understanding, okay, I have to buy Bitcoins. What does that mean? I can do this through an institution that I trust, that I know, that is like a name brand that probably advertises at Boston Celtics games and click a button and they'll kind of do all the nitty gritty for me and I'll hold some kind of a fund that basically does that and that goes up and down in value based on some underlying thing tied to Bitcoin. That's it, Matt. Wow, you just explained that so well. That's exactly it. So now you can own Bitcoin without having to navigate all those previous difficulties if you wanted to. So now there's called a spot price. You might hear that word spot price Bitcoin ETF. There's eight or nine different flavors that all launch. So BlackRock has one, Fidelity has one. So there's different providers of the ETFs. And you can go and get the ticker symbol. And in a few clicks, just in your 401k or your brokerage at one of these big places, you can now own Bitcoin through the ETF. All right. Now, let's get into the sort of the regulation of all of this, because one of the problems that the entire crypto sector is it has it reached the point where you can call it a sector like it's a thing one of the problems that's faced so far yeah. is just read any like popular press description of it and they'll say it's a wild west i don't know what that means exactly but it means that people haven't really figured it out it's new enough there's shady operators there's operators who seem on the up and then turn out to be shady like sam bankman freed and it makes people like me who are really vanilla investors very nervous. Why would I wade into this? Is this regulated the way that other things that I might invest in are regulated? Or is this still the Wild West? Well, it's both. All right. First of all, how can you not know what the Wild West is? Don't you watch any Western movies? Don't yeah, you understand you know, what the Wild West is like? <laughs> My problem is I listened to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast and he explained that perceptions of the Wild West, like Dodge City, wildly overinflated because there was a whole generation that grew up watching Gunsmoke in which there were like the murder rate on Gunsmoke was like a thousand people an hour. And it turns out that an actual Dodge City right. was like one per year. So the Wild West wasn't as wild as people make out. Also in that documentary, Back to the Future Part 3, turns out that Biff Tannen wasn't as... Anyway, that's a whole other story. I mean, I, I think I know what the Wild West is, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe crypto's safe. Oh, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> so it's definitely oh, some of both. No, it's definitely so now you have, good, yeah, good. It's definitely terrible. No, it's definitely some of both Wild West and regulated. So because the underlying asset, we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about a cryptocurrency. That is still what it was. That's what we said at the outset. You can still have questions. Is it valuable? Why is it worth $46,000 a coin? Who's using it? What's the use case? What's it going to be in the future? Will it go up or down in value? So there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of volatility. And that's what you're owning. So if you buy one of these ETFs, you are owning Bitcoin. All right. And it has the volatility and it has those questions still. Same as it had three months ago or one week ago before these products existed. On the other side, it is regulated because now they're ETFs. So the ETF you buy is regulated by the SEC. All right. So the <clears throat> wrapper around it, the providers of it is a regulated industry rather than Coinbase. Coinbase is totally unregulated. Okay. Versus Fidelity and ETFs fall under the SEC. And so there's a lot more scrutiny. That's why the SEC had to approve 
these ETF versions, making sure these companies are going to do the right things and follow policies and procedures. So this is sort of like the vaping of the cryptocurrency world. It's like, you know, it's you're not getting direct exposure to all the crap and cigarettes. It's still kind of a nicotine addiction, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it, just, I, I still think I'm describing you know, things that I find equally sort of odious, and I'm lumping them together. Maybe inappropriately. Yeah, that's right. No, it's so good. I think just because it's in an ETF you're still buying the thing. So that's what you have to decide. You can buy oil companies, you can buy gold, you can buy all kinds of stuff with a few clicks of a button through your large brokerage houses, and then you own that thing. And so you still have to decide, like, is this something I wanna own? Why it's important to bring up in this podcast, I wanted the listeners to be aware of what the Bitcoin ETFs are, so we're covering that. And also that they're gonna be out there, unlike you, Matt, I'm sure many of my listeners see these in the news and are curious, like, is this something that right. we should be investing in? And so we've covered the basics, what's Bitcoin we know and what's an ETF we know, and we can get into more. Is this something that makes sense in your portfolio? My belief is probably not. That's my general recommendation because I've been on Bitcoin, like, should I invest in Bitcoin? I don't really see a need to do that. It could go up, down, or sideways. I really don't know. But I feel like we've said on this podcast, by having low-cost index funds, I am a much more believer in owning companies that make products and services that we enjoy, that people spend money for, that tend to grow in value, versus Bitcoin is much more speculative asset. You brought up the term use case before, and I think that's very helpful in this context. There are people out there, and I don't mean to demean crypto bros. No, wait, I take it back. I mean to demean crypto bros, but there are people who are, I'd say, evangelists for cryptocurrencies who will argue there are use cases. There are ways that people could make use of cryptocurrencies that are valuable, that enable you to do things that you can't do with traditional currencies. And I'll leave those arguments aside. That's really not for this show. I have my thoughts about them. I've covered that on my podcast, Beyond Politics, with an expert in this field. But what you're bringing up is a specific use case for your clients, which is crypto has always been one of the main uses is as a speculative investment. It has volatility. And one of the criticisms of crypto is actually well covered on John Oliver's show is it's always felt a little bit like a Ponzi scheme financially. There are crypto evangelists who there's actually a meme for it. It's HODL, HODL. And it's from a one-time misspelling of the word hold. And when it got misspelled, everyone was like, oh, no, HODL, that's cool. And it also doesn't seem like we're scamming you as much. The idea is, okay, all of you guys hold on to this investment. We might not because we, the people who are telling you this, want to cash out, but you definitely should, right? And so there's been this I don't know. It, it, it's felt like if you want to speculate, go for it. It's your money. You can do it. But there's a little bit of a scammy feel to it. And what you're saying is that at least with these Bitcoin ETFs, there is some regulation. There's You're exposed to the volatility of the sector without having to muck around and actually buying the underlying asset. And if you want to do it, you can vape it. If you really need the nicotine, you can vape it through yeah. these ETFs rather than doing it. But it's still, it, it, that doesn't address the underlying question about whether this is a good investment. 
what you're saying is if you're interested in it, this is maybe a better way to do it. Well, it's definitely a way easier way to do it if you're interested in it. And I do know lots of advisors that will give recommendations of holding one to 5% of your investments in Bitcoin or I... these Bitcoin ETFs. And the reason why is because it's such a volatile asset. So by the volatility, you know, if that 1% doubles, like this asset has doubled in a year, I mean, multiple times. Now it's gone down 50% or more in a year as well. But if you're 50 grand, 1% goes to 100 grand, then you could trim it back to 50 grand and you just made... You just made $50,000 and it's a very small percent of your portfolio. And if it goes down, if it's only one or 2% of your portfolio and it goes down, you're not really losing a whole lot. That's the argument. And so volatility can be very helpful from an overall portfolio standpoint. And we can get in, we're not going to get into the mathematics of that, but just suffice to say, I'll say it again, volatility can be very good thing for an overall diversified portfolio. You can take advantage of the real ups and downs, the more volatile something is, could boost your portfolio. Even in the ups and the downs, you buy it when it's down and it doubles when it goes up. Now also say this, Matt, in terms of assets and investments, we could relate this to gold, right? Now gold is a physical thing that is used in jewelry and other electronics, but still, right? There's a vast amount of just investing in gold. I just hold some gold, either gold coins, gold bars, gold, it goes up and down in value and people hold it as part of an asset. And it's not really useful. It's not like we're going around exchanging gold coins. It all goes back to sort of dollars, but people still treat that as an asset. So why would Bitcoin necessarily be any different? It could be something that just holds value and goes up and down and people trade it. And it's just there kind of like digital gold. This reminds me of when you see an ad for a sugar breakfast cereal and they're like, Fruit Loops are part of this complete breakfast. And the complete <laughs> breakfast includes eggs, fruit, fruit juice, vitamin supplements, a defibrillator. And it's like, yeah, the complete breakfast is what you want. If you want to have some dessert with your breakfast, have some Fruit Loops. It feels like that's your investment strategy, which is, ah. look, low cost index funds. That's what I recommend. For th These are your bananas for breakfast. If you want to have some Fruit Loops and you're going to speculate, sure, Bitcoin yeah. ETFs. I could, I could see you're not a fan of Bitcoin, my friend. No, but I, I, well, it has nothing to do with that. Either. No, I mean, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, no, I'm not. But I hear the same strain in what you're saying about gold, which is no. you wouldn't recommend gold investment as the well, base load of your investment portfolio. You're yeah. saying if you want to speculate a little bit, you could speculate in REITs. You could speculate in, you know, like Turkish, I was about to say Turkish bathhouses. I don't know why that was the idea that came to my mind. It's like, why would you speculate That's in that? speculating. Why is that a thing? <laughs> but, you know, you could speculate in all kinds of like right. wild, high volatility stuff. This could be your thing. It's just, it's not the complete breakfast. It's your dessert. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, I've got a spoiler for you, Matt. I own one of these Bitcoin ETFs. Oh my gosh, you're a junkie. You're I know. A, do, does your wife know? <laughs> and I'll do tell you, like, you what. Do you look at it at night and like yeah. say, my precious. Yeah, yeah, I've got the diamond hands. Hodel. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? Why? This is like uh, finding out that at night you secretly, I don't know, go to a gambling den and play high stakes poker. Like, really? You do? Why? I do. I'll tell you why. First, I'm very curious what happens in the next um, three to 12 months because of, I do think that because these have become ETFs and 
the chatter around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and now the access not only for individual investors, but institutional investors that have bazillions of dollars to put in 1%, 2%, 5% into one of these alternative asset classes that has volatility that I told you from a portfolio perspective can boost returns, just the volatility by putting in a little bit. I don't know. I have no idea. It could get cut in half. It could go double. I mean, in the last three to five months, Bitcoin has doubled in speculation that these ETFs would come out. And so if we had done this three or four months ago before these come out, in other words, a lot of money will be pouring into these ETFs, which pours into having to buy Bitcoin, you know, because they hold Bitcoin underneath. So this is purely speculation on my part, and it's purely market dynamics of looking at hey, I think a lot of money will flow into these and could boost that. Now, I have an exit strategy. You know, speaking of Annie Duke and get your exit criteria. Your so, quick criteria. Yeah, 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 yeah. quick criteria. So I definitely have that, you know, if it goes up enough in, in, in one to three months or if it goes down, I'm going to get out. It's not a big deal. The other reason, to be honest, why I got in is because I'm going to be hearing a lot about this over because of the work oh. that I do. I'm going to be hearing a ton about this from my friends, colleagues, clients. And so I just put some skin in the game personally just to get exposure and to follow it and to get some real world experience. Not a lot, so, just a little bit to, to be in there. Can I be honest with you? I When you started that sentence about 90 seconds ago, I was like, yeah, I too am investing. I was like, there's no way you're coming out of this in a way that I'm going to think makes sense. I, I'm going to think this is asinine. I take it back. Actually, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. Can we put a bow? I, I seriously want to propose putting a bow on the portion of this discussion that is meant to be useful for your clients and for listeners who are interested in this. I think I get the message. This is, it's an option. It's a wrapper on Bitcoin. You don't need to muck around with actually getting into buying crypto. It's easy. If you want to speculate, this is a good way to do it. Maybe you're interested in that. Do you agree? Like, does that basically sum up the useful portion of the discussion? I want to reserve two or three minutes for an unuseful portion of the discussion. Oh, I'm looking forward to the unuseful part of the discussion. Usually our best part. Totally agree with you. This That, that was a great bow on it. I wanted the listeners to be aware. It's going to be in the news. You're still owning Bitcoin. I'm not a believer in the cryptocurrencies. I do think they have a lot of great use cases, but none of them are proven. I have no idea which way they're going to go. I wouldn't put long-term investments into cryptocurrencies at this time. So, All right. Yeah. All right. Here's the unuseful portion of this. I'm reminded, as you described all of this, of that scene in Trading Places where Eddie Murphy says, Mr. Valentine, says to the Duke brothers, wait, Y'all are a couple of bookies. That's the way I feel about this financial product. And if I'm honest with you, man, that's the way I feel about a lot of these financial products. Right after the crash, the Wall Street crash, 2008, the start of the Great Recession, I was talking to a friend of mine who was on Wall Street. And I was like, the collapse of these credit default obligations and these mezzanine CDOs and these unbelievably exotic, you have to work on Wall Street and be a quant and have a PhD to understand them, financial products, is it's sort of exposing that there's no there there. There's no underlying value to the economy, to the real world in these financial products. They are created by and for Wall Street insiders mm -hmm who really want ways to gamble and have an inside edge. It's like high frequency, high speed traders who have that direct, you know, T1 line, like 
high bandwidth line right across the river into Wall Street so they can get femtosecond advantages. This is a thing. You can look it up if, if you haven't heard of this. <laughs> they can get these minuscule fractions of a second advantages over the rest of us, and that enables them to make more money. Why do they get to do this? There's no reason. It's just insiders dealing financial advantages to insiders. My Wall Street friend said, no, no, no. These kinds of products are important because they allow us to diversify and to hedge against risk and all of this stuff that I don't want to offend our sensitive eared listeners, but it just sounded, and my friend listens to this show, so I hope I'm not offending him. It kind of sounded like bullshit to me, yeah. you know? So Mike, is all of this basically bullshit? Like I get what you said in the serious portion of the show that look, it's volatile. People want to speculate with a portion of their portfolio. This is as good a thing to do as anything. And you could make a buck. You could do really well. But isn't this just legalized gambling? I totally agree with your entire rant. I, Wall Street <laughs> That's is... That's the right word for it. <laughs> yeah. And I could go on one too. Wall Street is, is made to make money off your money. I mean, it's a whole industry to make money off your money. All right. Now, it wasn't necessarily always the case, but that's the way it is. So that's why they come up with products. Now, I think the Bitcoin ETF is a really great example because it's actually easy to understand. We understand Bitcoin, we understand ETFs, and you just kind of mash them together. Okay, easy access to Bitcoin. That kind of almost makes sense. Like you can understand it. So that one, I don't have as much a problem with as everything else. Because everything else, like CDOs, I mean, you get into insurances, Matt, just go off the rails. Like... You know, you can get these variable annuities and are they indexed or unindexed? And you can get whole life that has all kinds of bells and whistles around it. And here's the point. If you don't understand it, don't buy it. All right. If you don't understand it, don't buy it. Now, the Bitcoin ETF, hopefully you now understand. Do I want to own Bitcoin? I could click a button and buy it. But these other things that come up, if you don't understand it, don't buy it. And Wall Street is there to make a buck off your bucks. All right. That's why we just say low cost index funds. Set it and forget it because that's the way that you can come out ahead. Now, of course, some people will come out ahead with the complexity, the same as gambling, right? Some people come out ahead. Most people don't. You know, the house tends to win, but that's what Wall Street is. And last point on that for your friends, people in the industry, of course, you are incentivized by whatever your means are, whatever your industry is, however you're making money and the part of the industry that you're in. That's how you're incentivized. And again, that's why we had the fee only discussion, like who should you have as an advisor, you want someone that doesn't have incentives. They're great people, but if I get 3,000 bucks for selling you insurance, Matt, I really think you need to protect your family. Right. And <laughs> my point of all of this, first of all, I love your underlying message, which is if you don't understand it, don't buy it. Like you might be at a disadvantage. That makes sense. Right. And my only point as a kind of response to your counter response to my rant that's highly derivative is that I think it's okay that there's a lot of gambling involved here. Unlike going to Vegas, unlike actually going into a casino, yes, the house wins, but we all win too. That's part of the message of your show. This is part of the message of what you do as a financial advisor, which is there are ways that we all win by following sound investment strategies over time. We save and we make massive amounts of money. And that is Great. That's wonderful. This is how I intend to retire and put my kids through college. I'm just making a call for transparency and for recognizing that these more exotic financial instruments are 
ultimately about a scheme that benefits other people more than us. And so I just go, take it full circle to where you started off, which is, I agree, this isn't actually that complicated. There's Bitcoin, there's ETFs. It's a speculative investment. If you want to make it, we don't know a lot. There's not a lot that we can tell you about the underlying volatility. There's not a lot we can tell you about what history says is likely to happen here and what is likely to influence the price up or down. We don't know. It's relatively new. If you want to speculate, buyer beware, go for it. You're definitely walking into the casino. I just think that it's it's worth bearing in mind that this is a system that is set up to be deliberately obscure and hard to penetrate and understand. And that's why I really appreciate your constant drumbeat of, look, there's a way to game the system too, which is use the lowest cost stuff out there, the stuff that has the track record. You will win. You will go into the casino and you'll actually win. Yeah. Focus on what matters, man, and ignore the rest. All right. <laughs> Great wrap up. Thank you for indulging in my rant for a second there. And a good explanation of vaping for Bitcoin. All right. <laughs> For Mike Morton, I'm Matt Robeson. We will see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast from Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.